First of all, uh, just to kick things off, we are Oob Geek Media. We are live recording in absentia episode seven. Another one bites the dust. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm the GM. And I am Zadusto, or John, or Seasonal Bard, or Quill, the Tabaxi Lizard Wizard. I am Anne, and I am the Kenku Rogue Story. And I am Mark. I am playing Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. Let's just recap what's kind of going on, though. Just because we kind of had a lot to unpack this last episode. A lot of story standing off to the side. Trying to hide. Like, gesticulating wildly is a... Well, I'm trying to, like, not interrupt, but a lot of stories, communication is involved. I feel like you should just get something to slap them with when you need to get their attention. You can always heck Zigrit. Like, he's scaled. You're not going to hurt him too bad. No, to, be, to be fair, the first 30 minutes of this episode, Quill was just trying to ask some questions. John was having an internal meltdown <laughs> about the fact that he just wanted to know who the hell this kid was. Because it's like, oh yeah, the immediate question in my mind was like, who is this person? He's a Smith's apprentice. Where's the Smith? <laughs> you know, this is one of those GM moments where I keep dropping hints and no one's picking up on it, and internally, I'm screaming. Excuse me. I went to ask people questions. Somebody True. said, bread, bird, you want? Yes. Uh, so, of course, we went, and then I came back and found the smith. and set him on fire, but I found him. <laughs> I was just like, I could be short-circuiting this entire problem in, in five seconds if someone would answer my question. <laughs> Please! I really like how story is like, oh, they're doing smart people stuff. I'll find it. <laughs> find it. No, you're the you're the hands-on acting. You're Indiana. I, I just envision like Ziggur with like a magnifying glass and story's like, can we just go do this? And then Quill's like, let me get my magic out. Basically. And story's like, can we just can we just look? He's right here. Found the guy. Not even that. He's he's the Sherlock Holmes in the corner doing deductive reasoning, like completely uninvolved in the actual story. It's like, yep, I like we'll figure it out. It was the Hounds of Baskerville all along, but I'm gonna be over here while you guys do stuff, and I'll be we'll get to the same answer. I'm completely uninvolved in like the hands-on thing. Uh, recapping, recapping. We found a body. We took way too long to discern what that body actually was. <laughs> We uh, thankfully discovered the Smith, who apparently murdered said person, freed them, although a bit violently, from their cursed amulet. It wasn't violent until he, you know, started on fire. I just took jewelry off. Uh, no, you you freed him rather innocuously. It was just you know the ensuing flames that en- engulfed his person. Afterwards, there were maybe a little bit. <laughs> then we, uh, yeah, we sent him off to the good, good house of healing and learned that there are a lot more people <laughs> that have been afflicted with this, uh, this than we hoped. No, we found the local drug addict, then found the, found the local drug addict who told us that. 
<laughs> a lot more people are just absolutely doomed. So another thing too with with Ferric, don't discount what the drug addict says. He's got good info, and I feel kind of bad for him because he's also an afflicted. Well, yeah, and and just like pulling that DM screen back a little bit, like I wanted him to be like this conflicted guy he just started out this just to make some money and then he kind of got started having to get a little rough with people and then all of a sudden weird shit starts happening and he can't remember shit so but he's kind of used to that because he's a druggie yeah like he probably out of all of the people who have been equipped with one of these necklaces he's probably one of the ones who didn't think too heavily on the fact that he didn't remember things simply because he probably doesn't remember things from time to time already. And then and then some people maybe are going to be uh, in combat without their wizard friend. And then we split the party, and old lady started melting. Like, I recognize the fact that when you guys gotta go fast, I can't keep up. There's just no way that I can keep up with you. And when things are like, we have to get somewhere with relative speed. That's unfortunately the circumstance we face at this current junction. And, um, I, I do totally plan on using that to my advantage. There's going to be instances where you're going to have to run as a group. At the pace of, of our slowest member, which is me. <laughs> that, it, that's because, uh, your blindness or that's a character trait. Because of the blindness. Like, okay. if if in an instance, like, when we're in combat and I need to move, like, I wouldn't care so much about the dangers that presents to me, like, in combat. But out of combat, when we need to cross a certain distance and I have no idea where we're going, like, I can't functionally rely on that kind of thing at this current junction. Going back, I dropped a few more hints in there than I think you guys really caught on between your conversations with well pretty much everyone tonight and i i like i've been layering things so things will if you guys keep listening back or like thinking about conversations you've had things should start starting to click a little bit more i i just really hope benjamin isn't also wearing an necklace that's like a hundred percent my thing i mean you checked him yeah i <laughs> me as a player recognizes I didn't do a very good job at that. Quill would be like, well, yeah, I didn't see it. But I'm also looking through the eyes of a gecko. It's hard to rely on that without being straight up just asking him, hey, can you, can you just like check to see if you got a necklace on you? What's what's your gecko's stealth roll? It probably wasn't very stealthy. Like Friar Benjamin has seen the gecko on my person, so it was probably just like a it crawled up on my head and looked at him. So basically the last episode, you guys, everything kind of led to, for one, Quill going with Ferric, the drug addict, and sort of, kind of, significant other of Millie. I mean, and going through a hard time. He is a three-dimensional character. Just take more drugs. Don't think about this because I don't want you to stab me. And Quill pretty much just pushed him to take more drugs, really. Yeah, because he was thinking too hard. And and up until now, every time someone we've interacted with thinks too hard, they die or they try to 
hit me with heavy blunt objects. Or start on. Yeah, just, just, it's okay. The drugs are fine. Just don't think about it. <laughs> Please. Quill is taking Farrick back to Friar Benjamin, hopefully for safekeeping. Story and Zigrit are at the butcher shop attempting to question the butcher and also attempting to get her to safety for questioning or whatever. As you're questioning her and she agrees to go to speak with Friar Benjamin or to seek shelter with Friar Benjamin, one of these older women draws a knife, turns around, and her face kind of melts away and reveals her to be not quite what she seemed. How many other people are in the butcher shop? Uh, like two or three. They're all elderly. Human activate. Secret goes, oh shit, she's got a knife. Um, who is she close to? So, layout of the shop. This is a little bit smaller than Heinrich's shop. Heinrich's shop, you know, it's one of the nicer places. This is smaller. It's still pretty nice, but it's probably like 15 by 20. There's basically a counter hanging meat on the sides, all like cured stuff, like jerkies, sausages, stuff like that, that can keep while being out. Then she, she has her work table, essentially, where she's actually like cutting different slices of beef off of this beef quarter. She is behind the counter. She has two cleavers, big, tall, gorgeous Amazonian woman. Then looking around the shop, backs turned. We'll say two little old ladies looking at the cured meats. And then this other lady who is not quite what she seems, turns around, whips her dagger out, roll for initiative. Nine. Uh, 25. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. And I did not... Oh, 20 plus five. Okay, and she has 10. So she'll go right between... Okay. So she has... Oh, that was a crit. That was a natural 20 with stories roll too. Yeah, so she'll she gets to go first after surprise round. So so lady whips around, face melts off, draws her dagger, moves aggressively across the room. She's gonna go towards story. Because between the two of you, she's less threatening. Yeah. Okay. And then Story's going to stab her with a dagger. Okay. So she's coming to me, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your weapon drawn already? I'm gonna have to do that. Does it take an action to draw them? Uh, I believe it is a... Is it a full action? Reading a weapon isn't incidental, because there's not like a quick draw feat or anything in 5e. Yeah, you can just pull it. I just have them nicely placed, so they're easy to... So that would mean that... that Dagger Lady would get a an, another action in the surprise round. Yeah, so she's going to attack. That would make sense. Uh, 14. Armor class is 16. She slices or stabby. We'll say she stabbies. And story is like moves out of the way. Unconcerning, <laughs> disconcerting voice. You know too much, <laughs> mortals. 
So I can use sneak attack even though she came at me, correct? You can. Provided you're, was it flanking? And if you are, if you either have stealth on her or are flanking her with Ziggurat, you would gain advantage and thus gain your sneak attack power. Which you guys were standing, I would assume you just both ran in, so you probably. Well, and I tried to sneak around, so I would have had to step aside. So is she within five feet of Ziggurat? Yes. And I don't have disadvantage on that. Correct. So I get to use sneak attack. Woo. I am going to attack with my dagger. Uh, never mind. Never, never mind. What'd you get? I got a one. It's an eight total, but yeah. <laughs> total but it's a natural one okay that uh that doesn't hit yeah so i'm going to i can use bonus action cunning action disengage and step away from her as trying to get out of her melee and this is where quill fills time Yep, yep, just keep on moving. No no need to think about too many difficult things here, Frederick. Um, hey, look, it's the church. Let's just, let's just get you in there and in a room. Yeah, Acolyte, you you there. You uh, take this man to a room. Make sure he doesn't think too hard. Maybe put him down on a bed for a nice long sleep. Just, it's fine. He, uh, and, and, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go to see Friar Benjamin. Uh, Good, good. Everything's fine here. No need to worry. My my friends will be along shortly, I'm certain. It'll be fine. Oh, look. I see that nice building over there. Is that the butcher shop? Hmm. Well, I, I can't imagine I need to go over there with them. <laughs> I, think, I, don't, I don't know if we need to go there. <laughs> Is that people screaming over there? Nope, nope, I don't need to worry about them. They're fine. I'm sure it's just Sigrid making another firework entrance for some reason. Alright, whose turn? It would be yours. Sigrid. It would be mine. Uh, Sigrid. So, uh, wait, Zigrid. I'm sorry. There was surprise round story. Now it's regular, so it would be... Her turn again? Her turn again. Got She's it. going to try to attack story again. Oh. 15? Arm classic tune. Yeah, no, she didn't. We're just like, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine it's like a, a really involved knife fight. Like it seems like two experienced knight fighters uh, are just adept at dodging in each other's attacks and like grabbing hands and like pulling the hand away and all that. I like the idea that it's a super cool fight where we're just missing each other. Like we're both like good at it. Like slicing nearly to each other, yeah. Instead of us just biffing. I I envision like she slices and like a couple of feathers like come up that just kind of like got shaved off a little bit. And yeah. So anyways, and then like slow motion, like a little fluff in the wind and then it speeds up again. Yeah. Anyways. Um, The magic user comes in and just makes all of that make no, no value whatsoever <laughs> with magic. 
Daisy. Lamb. All right. <laughs> so yeah, Sigrid's turn. Uh, yeah. So Sigrid is going to uh, do just what John said, <laughs> and uh, is, is going to cast Witch Bolt. Um, so he's kind of like centering himself and just kind of like trying to get get engaged. That's probably why he's a little later to react. And he kind of like draws his hand in front of him, and he just kind of does this little number that he just made up, and. Psh- and this blue crackling energy starts to stream out of him. And uh, hopefully with a natural 20 hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I rolled double damage on that, right? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, oh, double dice. That's right. And I just add the modifier to one. Yeah. So I do 18 damage with Wish Bolt. Tell me how she dies. The, the interesting thing about uh, Ziggurat is when he casts his spells, the fire dragon in him kind of comes out a little bit, and he starts his skin under his skill starts to glow orange, um, and especially like the fans, his ear kind of things start to glow orange, and it's just he's getting more and more powerful, and he also really hasn't been casting as much magic. He has been a lot, but not what he's used to. So he's actually just channeled all of this pent up magic into this one spell, and loses himself in the spell and literally just burns a hole right through the middle of this what was a little old lady is now two smaller parts because a bunch is now vapor and there's legs and there's maybe shoulders and head you just see the two other little old people in the room like they both turn and there's like fried meat in between them that was behind this fake old lady. And they're just like, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kind of shamble cool fight. Super really fast. Cool night fight. Magic. And then Indiana Jones just shoots her. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the equivalent. I also totally like the idea that uh, story when the two little old ladies are like, we're going to go, even with the knife, which is like, yeah. <laughs> and Ziggurat is like standing there, just still. The spell ended, but he's still standing there and he's still glowing. And it probably lost himself and close to blacked out with the amount of power that he just had, like that he just let out. Again, he's like not being able to cast magic for so long in the amounts that he usually does is probably just. It, it all he did way more than he intended to right there yeah how much hp does does Zigrit have 16 that would have killed him and that would kill it would have knocked him out yeah so that's that's like a significant amount of power that just came out of Zigrit. this old lady as it appears she's still older but she doesn't quite seem as old as she was before um, she seems much more nimble and spry um the dagger falls from her hands and she just drops first to her knees and then onto her face. And then combat's over. Body. I'm gonna search the body. <laughs> Weird. Can't imagine why. <laughs> Zigret um kind of like focuses his uh tries tries to focus back in the situation and says She was meant here to kill you. That's why we need you to follow us. Trust us. We're here to protect you. Broderick goes, uh, okay. Holy fuck. <laughs> um, she still has the cleavers in her hand. She's, I guess I'll just 
wipe these off and bring those with she just kind of like wipes them on her apron and like slides them she's got like two little pockets for him slides them in and i guess i'm i'm ready just gonna close up shop quick and let's get the fuck out of here while story searching there's another thumbs up i will be looking for necklace but also she might have the necklace in her coin <laughs> could have melted the necklace Ugh, so, no know. necklace <laughs> None at all. So as you're searching, okay, checking her pockets, she does have 15 gold on her. Heck, yeah. She has a mundane silver ring. She has a simple dagger. And then as you're searching, you see that, first of all, from mid-forearm down, her hand is scarred and it looks like old burns on the back of her shoulder is a tattoo of a black hand. I'd point that out. Obviously. Uh, Zigrid goes, she really was the black hand. Oh, I don't even know who they are, but the amount we've been hearing about them is scary. You know who they are, right? Story. Yeah. Cause we exchanged information. About them already. And Zigrid, as as story is searching, looks over to, uh, you said Broderick, the butcher. It says, uh, it seems like your town has been infiltrated by a cult called the Black Hand. The Bat Hand, excuse me. Broderick looks down and spits on the back of the head of the uh, would-be assassin, takes her cleaver out, <laughs> cuts its head off. I'd like to see you try with that little dagger. Yeah, so, yeah, Ziggurat says, sorry, we should uh, probably get back to the church, um, bring her to safety, and um, it makes sure Quill is safe. She agrees with all of this, but Anne is trying to put a ring in her pocket. <laughs> you guys know where I've gone? Because I told you to go ahead. Oh, shoot, you're, oh, you're right. <laughs> so you don't know where I am. That's right. So that part is not true. Ziggert doesn't know that and doesn't say that, but still thinks that we should get her to the church. So that, that is still the, the conclusion and their direction. So let's flash back to Quill basically 12 seconds ago. Well, it's slightly longer because of walking distances and all that. I mean, unless, unless you want to stab me. The butcher shop, remember, is fairly close. Yeah, you guys make it to the chapel without incident. He's Stumbling, clearly high on whatever he took. And as you pull in, one of the acolytes kind of runs up. What the fuck is this? He is uh, afflicted with highly clothes. He's wearing a necklace similar to the others. Put him in a room. Keep eye on him. Let him sleep. And tell Friar Benjamin. Can I... Takes him by the sleeve, pulls him along, and... If Eric, it's, it's all right. Go with him. He will like, oh, okay, find a okay, place okay. to sleep. But, but as my, my shift, I'm on patrol. I'm on patrol. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. Okay. As long as, you, as long as you're sure, I don't want to get in trouble. No one will blame you. You need your rest, friend. Okay. Paddles off with the acolyte. The acolyte brings him to 
little separate chamber along the back of the chapel. This room's got to be filling up in this little chapel by now. I mean, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It's really, they're just putting him down in the crypt. They're actually just murdering him. Uh, yeah, I go to Friar Benjamin. Like, thinking, thinking, like, my companions can bring in a butcher. Like, they can just coax a butcher to come with them to safety. I go in search of Friar Benjamin. If we pass a guard, Dory will write, dead body at butchers, please go clean it up. And if they don't, she's gonna look at cigarette and do the intimidating thing. You don't encounter a guard on the way back. Okay, so. then the first acolyte. Like, dead dead? I might have put a bolt of lightning through that chest. Writes down multiple parts. A big bolt of Bring lightning. a bucket. Dead dead. She's not wrong. It's not a joke. Bring a bucket. It's just like a flurry of activity as you guys approach. Quill, you don't, you really notice, like, you notice there's, after a few minutes, there's some increased activity outside. But no, you, uh, you meet with Friar Benjamin and he's, he's kind of, he's with the Smith and he's treating his wounds. And he, he, I may have, I tried to heal him, but his, his wounds are a little too far gone for my faith to assist in right now. But thankfully, I can still do what I can with with my hands. He's bandaging and balming, and that's that's good. Um, perhaps I know my companion's story. She knows Maud. Uh, perhaps she has some poultices and things of that sort that could speed his recovery. I don't know if you would want to use such things, but uh, more importantly, we have. Kind of blown things wide open, so to speak. Literally, in the last few minutes. <laughs> Don't even know. We talked with Farrick. I brought him in, uh, had an acolyte, put him in another room. He also has a necklace on his person, or had one at some point. He similarly is forgetting blocks of time. But I look around to, to kind of see if there's anyone else in the immediate area of us. Uh, is there like an acolyte or anyone else hanging out? And there's there's no one like intrusively close. You can probably have a private conversation without anyone overhearing readily. Heinrich's assistant Thomas. He seems more deeply involved. Uh, he had Farrick go pressure people, and seems to be the source of all these necklaces, uh, though. It may be that he does not directly control them. He, not to be rude, does not seem to have the capability in him uh, to be so magically rude about it. He's not quite capable, in my opinion. But he handed out these necklaces to the smith, to Goodfrey, to... Other people, Zigrit uh, and Story, are getting the butcher, as a matter of fact, who was handed one of these, as well as others in your town. He is at least the source, in part, of these control measures that have been causing such disruption. Benjamin kind of glances over to see if the acolytes are paying attention at all, and he takes a nip from his flask. Yes, as you, you, your friend, he. You'd said these 
This has been going on a lot longer than we thought. It would appear that shortly after Thomas came to town is likely when our issues began. Yes, I, I, I believe it's, it, it appears that your conclusions are correct. Do you feel we should go confront Thomas now, or...? Though, unfortunately, uh, without my companions, I, I don't think I could challenge someone, even, really, to be honest, a, a person of modern means. Secret kicks down, like, bursts through the, the, the chapel door, uh, and just thump, 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 I blew thump, a hole thump, in thump, someone! Thump. It was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And and he's, uh, he says, Quill, come quick, please, as he gets into the, the church, because he's just in, like, the general chapel area, just kind of shouting for help. And that is them now. So perhaps we could go confront Thomas. I do not know Cameron's involvement, involvement in this, but uh, it seems I am needed. I'll be back shortly. And I, I leave the room, seeing my companions outside. Uh, and Ziggurat sees. Ziggurat says, "Go get, go get, uh, um, Fry Benjamin. Uh, we need his help quick." And one of the acolytes leans over and goes, "What do you smell like burnt meat?" Because I burned some meat. Now, <laughs> one sec. <laughs> He's attending the Smith. It's not as important. The uh, the burnt hand is here. It's real. We just encountered an acolyte of the burnt hand. She's now two pieces of a hole, thanks to uh, my magic hands. Um, but uh, we need uh, Friar Benjamin and anybody we can. I think it might be Thomas. We need to find him. Uh, if they're attacking in daylight, daylight, it's probable uh, that everybody in this church is vulnerable. We need to make sure it's defended, and we need to go find Thomas. You, uh, you killed someone else, then? I did. Well then, um, yes, let's go get Friar Benjamin. I'm sure this won't look bad for us. <laughs> so you killed someone. Yes, side story. Come on, let's go. <laughs> this is definitely the first non-animal that Ziggert has killed. A sentient being. It will sink in later, but it hasn't sunk in yet. I was going to say, imagine he's still pretty like high on adrenaline and rearing and well, ready to go. The funny all. part is, for Ziggert, yes. For story, it's like, well, yeah. What were you supposed to do? <laughs> You've seen like four dead bodies, and this is the one. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> this, this is one of the ones we've interacted with that we killed ourselves, <laughs> <laughs> like directly killed. Yeah. So you guys are going back to Heinrich's shop. Well, we're going back. Well, for right now, Quill is going to go back to get Friar Benjamin. Yeah. Okay. Quill will get Friar Benjamin. Tell them that, or tell him that, and then I assume we want to like get this acolyte as evidence. Yeah, and re- remember, you have Broderick with you too. Yeah, I suppose we also have this this butcher. Yeah, and yeah, Ziggur's not going to say anything about that until Fire Benjamin's there, just so he doesn't repeat himself. Okay. Yeah, just strangely tall butcher. <laughs> Probably about as tall as Sigrid. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Benjamin probably exchanged pleasantries like Broderick. Benjamin. Yeah, it's like, ah, 
Roderick, um, what, uh, what's, what's shaken? Fire's like, okay, let's, what, 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 what do we need to do here? First of all, um, there's parts of a dead body lying in the butcher shop. Um, I promise I tried to make it whole. <laughs> I can't talk about that right now. Most of Broderick can uh, confirm this. This is the burnt hand. Is that right, Broderick? You saw it with your own eyes. Yes, the burnt hand is back. Friar Benjamin goes us. It appears our our worst fears are realized. I I will send word to the capital. I I fear that somehow Gammon's involved. If he's been hiding these murders for months, I I have doubts. And until those doubts are unfounded, I I we cannot trust him. Okay. You mean the man that calls all the people around him small people? It may be that he just ignored plight when he didn't see any need to determine truth. Unfortunately, that is something nobles do from time to time. It is not right, I admit, but it is something they do. Uh, Friar Benjamin, do you think that your prayers and the prayers of your acolytes can keep um, the people in this church safe? I can only make pleas to Paylor and hope. But I can say, to the best of my ability and the ability of my acolytes, I will try. Story, you seem like you have something you want to talk to us about. That's my signal that I'm touching someone. Story writes down, Thomas or Gammon. Who do we go after? I think Thomas. It's the strongest lead we have. Unless... We should go now. Unless Gammon is truly at fault, especially with the guard around him, I would rather not tangle with that until we need to absolutely do so. Story. <laughs> she looks like she's uh, confident in a fight. Trust me, I saw her knife skills. It, impressive. Knife skills are not a question. Flips her knife around a little bit. Numbers are our issue. There are unfortunately a lot more guards, and from Ferrick's description, if Gammon is involved, many of the guards may be wearing necklaces themselves, as uh, Ferrick was also either wearing a necklace or may have at some point. And um, Ziggert looks over at uh, Broderick and says, I suspect uh, our good lady here also had a necklace at some point. It might explain the gaps in your memory. You don't have a necklace on now, but it. Uh, we want to keep you safe. Um, just know that those gaps are probably from the same ones the uh, butcher was experiencing. And she looks and she goes, that would explain a fair amount. Yes, I, I seem to recall several gaps. And when I woke, tools were dirty. And now I fear what may have happened in those gaps. No matter what happened, it wasn't you. Just remember that. And she looks disturbed, but looks kind of resigned and introspective for a few moments. Yeah, Ziggur goes, I suggest we heed Story's warning, and uh, we, we need to get to Thomas as soon as we can. Aquila, I suggest, uh, uh, I don't mean to offend, but uh, it'd probably be better off if you have your lizard companion so you can see. Yeah, I understand. 
uh, story pick up on that because this is probably the first time that uh, it's been spoken out loud. It's been spoken out loud. She gets it now. Oh. I will try. There are complications to it. It makes things hard to do, uh, but I will. Indeed. I will do my best to keep up. Um, story writes. Are we bringing somebody who can heal or help? If Thomas is the problem that we think he is, Fire Benjamin, we will need your help, but probably not to keep him alive. If he's violent, I feel no particular urge to keep Thomas alive. And he goes, if Thomas is the culprit, have no fear. He will see the light of day. And he, he holds up Baylor's symbol. That was a terrible pun. How dare you? <laughs> You're welcome. Dory's a little more into it now that there's like, okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, we uh we head our we head with haste to Heinrich's shop. Before we get there, Story lets them know she's gonna try to sneak in. Uh, Quill at this point is probably beginning to kind of realize that like he should just keep a hand out at his side, like open palm, if in case Story needs to like um yeah. real quick. But this one would be just a quick plan. Gonna make sure he doesn't go out a back door. That, that is good strategy. We uh, will hit him from the front. Well, we'll ask him. Maybe get some pointed questions in before he tries to struggle. And then if things go well, we may capture him alive. If not, you'll be there to stab this man in his face. You won't even see it coming, that sucker. <laughs> Story just writes down, you know, Zigger, if you just do that again. Like, really, what happened over there? Did you just blow that poor old lady up? <laughs> Zigger goes, look, I don't know if uh, as a wizard you can relate, but as a sorcerer, magic it just flows. It, it, it It's additive through me. I'll have to let it out. And I, I haven't been. I cast a spell and I lost control. I didn't mean to actually kill her, but I did. When you say that, uh, Quill probably kind of touched the bandages on his face and and uh, say, "I I know I know losing control." Ziggurat kind of talks through the the plan too and says, "All right, story's going around Bick. Then uh, do you want to go in softly, uh, unassuming, or should we kick the door down?" He hopefully doesn't know our intentions, so we could at least try to get some information from him before we... I have no doubt he'll fight. Should we go in asking for Heinrich first? He knows Heinrich is at the church, so we can we can just be a check-in at him. Ask him if he uh, talked to Heinrich since yesterday. Uh, story writes down, even though Friar Benjamin went to take care of something, we... I don't know if they know that doors open without kicking. Shows it to Friar, who I assume is going to laugh when we tell Steve about it. <laughs> Ziggurat probably, like, Ziggurat probably has heavier doors than the ones that are around this town, like, around the estate he's used to. So, there, to him, like, it is surprising, but there's not a difference between him normally opening it and him, like, kicking through the door. The same thing happens whenever he opens the door. It's just... It's just a natural occurrence. Like yeah. the door opens and it's forceful no matter what. 
doors are really fast here. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Quill comes from a place where there probably aren't traditional like medieval doors. Like there aren't actual doors. There's flaps. I mean, they're heavy tarp or blankets or what have you. But these are much harder to open. <laughs> Story was raised with a very why would you use doors with windows? What? Wait, doors are an entrance to buildings? That's, that's where all the other people went through. <laughs> that's where the people who get robbed go. Through the doors. That's where the marks go. That's how yeah. you know they're a mark. They walk through a door. It's actually so confused that you guys just walking in the door. <laughs> like, what? Using normal entranceways. Yes. We, we want to... Or coming into places at normal business hours, that's probably also pretty weird. She's still trying to get her head around, like, why does the number of guards matter if you're quiet? So would uh, would Story have gone to mods at, like, really weird hours then? Like, the majority of times you visited her were probably at midnight or later? Yeah. You work a job, you go get something to eat for mods. <laughs> so that's fair. So... So visiting her in the daytime is probably an odd occurrence. Probably, yeah. This is what you look like in the daylight. Oh, so you have red hair. Cool. I don't know if she has red hair. I don't remember that description. <laughs> it was probably hard to tell what color her hair was. I would imagine it's probably full of some chemicals from the last uh, potion or something of the sort. Like a streak of weird color, but you know it's not dyed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thankfully, thankfully, Ziggert would have left out the part where he described how Dragonborn burning people to death was something that could have been an occurrence in the discussion of this old lady. He, he was going to try to say, because it's obvious to him, like, I'm, I'm a silver dragon, duh. I, I don't breathe fire. I breathe ice. No, no, we... Like, every time someone else has been like, hey, yeah, we, uh... <laughs> it's... People are dying. It's not us, I swear. <laughs> no, look, I have I have frost breath, not fire breath. It's totally different. Every single time Quill is just internally dying. Just like, oh god, no, no don't say this. I'm trying not to it, it's just it's just obvious to Ziggurat. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part so far was uh the whole No, 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 I know I'm a dragon, but it's not it's not that kind of <laughs> This is a swear. So as we're walking over, Story is writing snotty things about her magic boys and showing Friar back. He's giggling. Ziggurat and I are going to go in the front softly and talk to Thomas. And uh, our good uh, our good thief is going to sneak around back in case we need to maybe do a little bit of stabbing. <laughs> as you approach, uh, the front of the shop seems... You know, it's basically how you remembered it, minus the active flames and frost from the previous encounter. Story, you wouldn't have seen the back before, but the mm. back entrance, this is one of the few shops in town where the person who owns the shop doesn't sleep at the shop. You know, Heinrich's a little more affluent than a lot of the other merchants. So he just has kind of a back storeroom. You guys walk in. There's no one there. There was no one at the shop counter, which is unusual. But the door was open. The door was open. It looks like somebody had opened the shop, but no one's there. 
Quill would Quill probably just rap on the counter and be like, uh, excuse me, uh, Thomas, hello, anyone? You don't hear anything. Oh, great, he's on the list. Uh, we want we want to buy something. Just coming to check in on you, and I uh, thought we might give you some money for the repairs uh, when I lit your shop on fire. And there's still nothing. And story, as you kind of walk through, you don't see anyone in the back either. There's no other doors or anything. No, basically, there's the back storeroom. There's a back door, which is typically locked, but which is curiously unlocked. The storeroom, full of mundane goods. Another door that just kind of goes to the entryway. And all the, the only thing that's not like mundane goods is a small table off to the side in a corner that basically it just looks like a simple clerk's desk. Which you can assume, judging from, you know, it's got a some parchment, it's got a quill, it seems to have stacks of papers. That's It's probably where they do some of the, like, day-to-day stuff. She's gonna check out, check that out while there's nobody here. Okay, go ahead and do an investigations check for me. And up front, uh, turn to Friar Benjamin. He doesn't seem to be here. We're gonna, let's try to figure out where he went. 19. When you're searching the desk, you're looking through the papers. It seems like it's it's pretty straight up inventory paperwork. You see some of it has a gap in dates on the inventory list going to and from town. And it's kind of sporadic. Other than that, there's not a whole lot. But you do notice, like, this can't be all of the records for this place. Like, this isn't even enough for, like, a year. This is, like, you know, maybe the last two two months, maybe? And you think, you know, maybe he, has, maybe he keeps this stuff at his house or somewhere else. Because there's, there's just simply not enough paperwork here to support this kind of business. Um, especially with the kind of inventory he has. If he's he's got to have some way of keeping a better track of it than this. And then as you're searching, you find a small hidden compartment at the back of the desk. Inside of it is a small series of notes. It doesn't seem like it matches the handwriting of the other notes. And as you, you know, I'm assuming you're kind of like showing... Quill and and Ziggurat this and Friar Benjamin. I'm collecting it all to bring out there. Okay. Yeah, so there's just a series of these notes and the first one says, give us the ledgers. And then you flip to the next one and says, am I crazy? The next one says, leave me alone. And then if you tell anyone, she dies. At that point, I kind of whistle for the guys to come back. Yeah, we Ziggurat uh, tromps into the room. What do you have? Start showing the increasingly worrying notes and the ledger and the. And then, as you guys are kind of passing these around, you know, Friar Benjamin kind of looks and he goes, "You know, I, I, I recognize this handwriting. I think this was Goodfreeze. 
he keeps flipping through and he starts reading them again out loud. Give us the ledgers. Am I crazy? No. Give us the ledgers. Leave me alone. If you tell anyone she dies, her blood is on your hands. And the last note seems to be torn up into pieces, but for some reason it's kept. And from what you can see, you can see little pieces of its and fault. And there's blood on the paper. Name whoever this is wanted the ledgers from Goodfrey. They were using the necklace to make him talk to himself. I think that's our connection to... Uh, Gammon. That's our connection to Gammon. All those legends implicated Gammon as well. I was really hoping that the noble here was not as bad as I expected. Seems this is exactly what you expected, or at least experienced. And then as you're thinking about this... You're kind of putting the pieces together with this, these, these notes, and it's, it's obviously it's a converse, conversation Goodfrey's having with someone through him, and that that last note with the heart and the clothing in his bedroom, it it seems that he was forced to kill his own daughter. You realize this, and as you're thinking this, it, it seems to hit. Friar Benjamin at the same time, and he just kind of drops it. He just keeps staring at the pieces as they kind of flutter down to the floor. And it's so much worse than I, I thought it could have been. Thanks again. Just part of the burnt hand. Clenches his fifth, and his jaw tightens, and he goes, We have to make him pay. That is going to be a tall order. He has the god. But you are right. He has to atone for what he's done. Well, it's a good thing we have somebody that can get in the tower undetected. Ziggurat glances down at Story. Isn't that a right little bad? Looking in may be the right choice. And that is where we're going to leave it for tonight. They can't all be like really edgy, exciting ones. Sometimes they got to be kind of a downer too. <laughs> that was good. That was a uh, that was a a, a resolution uh, with next steps. That was a, a resolute ending. All of us, all of us agree. Yemen, Gammon has to pay. Eat the rich. I've been saying it for years. Hey, hey. I mean, contextually, Quill is not rich, but he is of. True. Class, or his background is. has nobody to compare himself to, so he his wealth is is not. He can't. There's nothing relative about it. Like he he's probably by comparison incredibly wealthy, but he definitely no context himself. Yeah, no context. Doesn't treat himself as a highborn, and certainly doesn't act. Uh, well, much. And, and Quill Quill has a different. Mindset. Quill knows the place of nobility, like noblesse, like noblesse oblige. Like we must take care of those that aren't doing so well. So, 
as we're kind of wrapping things up with technically episode eight, I want to again thank everyone for stopping out to watch our show tonight. I really appreciate it. If you're viewing any of this on like YouTube or listening to as a podcast, give us a like, follow, subscribe. That's how we grow as a not only as a company, but just as a show. Obviously, this is not something that we got into for money because this is not how we go about making money. We want to just tell fun stories. And we the way we do that is by getting more attention. And that enables us to tell more stories and different systems. If you want to see what else we've been working on or are going to be working on, we occasionally drop some hints at our website, ubergeekmedia.com, or you can follow us at ubergeekmedia on any social media. My name's Steve. I'm the GM. I am John. I can be found at Seasonal Bard on some social media places like Reddit or Twitter. Uh, and I play Quill, the tabaxi wizard. I'm Anne. Uh, you can find me as the crafty heathen on, I think, all of all of the social medias. I will be getting actually into checking that and doing things with my social media. Um, and I play Story the Kenku Rogue. And uh, I've been Zigrit, the dragonborn sorcerer. Uh, and uh, uh, Mark is my name. I forgot to say that. Uh, and I don't have social media, so you can find me here. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.